What's up, you guys? I'm Anya. And I'm Kylie. And this is Two Degrees Hotter, the postgrad podcast where we get real about life after college every Tuesday. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to another episode of Two Degrees Hotter. Happy Tuesday. Yes, happy Tuesday, everyone. We hope you're having a glorious start to this new week. We sure are having a glorious start to our week because today we got to sit down (laughs) with Jen Lauren. And if you guys listened to a couple episodes back, I mentioned her podcast as a favorite of mine. So I feel like I kind of manifested that we would end up having her on the show here. But she is just the kindest, most well-spoken person. And she lives in New York City. Her entire brand is about self-care. So she's on YouTube. She has a podcast. And yeah, we just chat with her about you know, her self-care journey and the importance of it. And also she's had a really interesting life change recently. Mm -hmm. So kind of talked about navigating that and Mm -hmm. focusing on her own content, her own brand. So it was a really awesome conversation and I know you guys are really going to like it. Yeah. Yeah. It was definitely a great conversation. She has a lot of wisdom to share and yeah, it was just a great episode. So definitely stick around to listen to that. But before we do that, let's hop into our segments, starting with the week in review. So for me this week, I don't know why the vibes have just been kind of off when it comes to work. And I don't know if I'm busier than usual or if I'm just feeling overwhelmed for no reason. But for some reason, I've just had so much overwhelm like going into every work day and I've always had a lot of meetings that's just kind of the nature of my role but I feel like I've just been really meeting exhausted lately just knowing like that I have to lead pretty much all of them and just not having time to dedicate to actually getting my tasks done and I feel like maybe it's always kind of been this way but I've just been doing it for a year now that it's kind of like boiling over and I just don't have enough time to dedicate to like deliverables and feel like I'm doing them well basically So I'm working on that. I talked to my manager about it and we talked about some techniques that I could be employing that I'm not right now, like kind of making sure that I block off time during the day when I'm most productive and enforce with the team that they try to respect that time when they can and making sure that I don't check emails immediately first thing in the morning. That was a tip that she mentioned, like try to get something done before you start responding to people because it just takes you out of your whole groove and everything, which is definitely true. So I booked time, funny enough, I booked time on my calendar like a week from today to actually start implementing some of the changes and like playing with my schedule and putting in some blocks and everything because yes, I need to actually build in time or I wouldn't have time to do it. Um, But yeah, I don't know. I don't know what it is. It's I've just been feeling a little bit crazy lately. So hopefully I knew the summer would be kind of crazy. We just have a lot going on in general, but I don't really feel like there's enough going on right now to justify me feeling this way. So I feel like I just need to make some changes and I'll report back and let you guys know how they all go. But aside from work, I'm feeling pretty settled here in my new apartment. Um, I feel like nothing really has changed since the last time we talked, but making, you know, some, some plans now that I'm in Boston, seeing old friends. So that's all fun, but I just really need to figure out the work side of things that I can actually like enjoy myself because I feel like it's been a little, a little much. Sure. I almost wonder if the move is like adding to that overwhelmingness because like not only are you trying to like work out a routine at work, but you're also like still kind of working out a routine that works for you in Boston and like adjusting 
to that. So I'm curious if like over time as you're in Boston, you'll start to feel like a little less overwhelmed by the work part of it. Too. Yeah, I think it just a theory. Yeah, I think it definitely plays in because it's like I'm working all day. And then even when I get off work, there's like things to be done around mm-hmm. here. And like, there's still things that I need to like, figure out around here. Like I need to like get a library card. I need to like get my gym pass. Like there's just like errands to be done all the time. So I don't know, but hopefully Mercury's in retrograde when we're recording this. So hopefully oh. it'll pass and things will get better and yeah, it'll be fine. But I just need yeah. to need to put in some, some boundaries when it comes to meetings for sure. 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 <laughs> um, for my week in review, this is definitely a little lighthearted, uh, but, and it's a little dated because obviously we were recording in advance. You guys know that, but I had to talk about the fact that the bachelorette is back and if you guys know me, you know that the Bachelor franchise is like my go-to escape from reality reality TV show. It's absolute garbage, and that's exactly why I love it. Um, but so the Bachelorette season started. Chris Harrison is fired from the Bachelorette. He's like really? officially not the host anymore. I shouldn't say fired. They settled because he sued them when uh, he had to take a step away from it because he was being a racist. So he's gone. And The Bachelorette is being hosted by two women, which I just think makes sense. Like, I don't know why The Bachelorette was hosted by a man ever. Because, like, <laughs> why is a man going to give a 20-something-year-old woman... Like, why is a, like, 50-year-old man going to give a 20-something-year-old woman relationship advice? It's just weird. Um, and, yeah. So, my front runner right now is Greg, which is a controversial opinion. I feel like people either love or hate Greg. I love that man. He could run me over with his car, and I would say thank you. Um, so unbelievably handsome and I hope that he loses so that I can marry him and that's what I have to say about that so that's my quick bachelor recap I won't get too into it there was an RV situation where a guy like (laughs) brought the bachelorette into an RV and it was like literally a a, like run down RV that was disgusting dirty on the inside and he was like this is where I live and the bachelorette was like is it? And he like gave her iced tea and was like, don't worry. I'm not like bringing you into my van to like drug you. <laughs> Everyone was like, uh, Sir. That. <laughs> and he did go home. So well, love that as he should. Um, those are the two top of mind. Greg and the RV are the two things that I remember the most from the episode. But yeah, as things ha- progress, as things happen, as I fall more in love with Greg, I will keep you guys updated. But other than that, on this end, things are just kind of starting to feel normal again, like being able to see friends and go to stores and not be like paranoid about COVID and stuff. And I think we've talked about that before, but it just keeps, things just keep getting more and more normal. And I think it's really exciting. So all good vibes. Yeah, definitely a welcome change. Yeah. Um, And maybe I should have started this season you guys probably know that I don't ever watch like the Bachelor franchise, but I always feel a little left out. So maybe I should have joined. Maybe next season. Um, all right, let's move into our favorites. So I have a very simple favorite this week, but it's just something that I never realized you could do. So you guys know that we're Google Calendar stands. I use it in my personal life, always have. And then um, I actually use it at work too. So I spend a lot of time on Google Calendar. I time block on Google Calendar. It's just my like hub. Like when I log on to work in the morning, first thing I do is open Google Calendar. So I figured out a setting that I never had turned on before that I like. So I wanted to share it in case anyone else has 
hadn't known about it because it's pretty cool. So basically, um, I also really aggressively color code my Google Calendar, and I feel like it can look really overwhelming to look at like your week's schedule when it's color coded. And so I found this setting I'm going into right now just to make sure I tell you guys where to find it appropriately. But oh, oh, I found it. Okay. So if you go into your settings on Google Calendar and then you hit view options, um, there's a bunch of like check marks you can have. And the one that I turned on that I hadn't had turned on before is reduce the brightness of past events. So basically it just kind of takes all your previous events and makes them a little bit more like toned down, like a little more grayscale. And then the events that are right. And then the events that are coming up are like more saturated. And I just feel like it it really helps during the day to like place yourself because it's a really stark difference from the events that have already passed and the events that still need to happen. So yeah, I don't know why I never knew about that setting before, but I feel like it makes Google Calendar a little more like visually. I don't know. It, it just helps you like immediately place yourself and it looks a little less overwhelming because you can see what's already happened versus what's going to happen. So if you're into Google Calendar and you don't have this setting on, definitely do it. See if you like it. I'm a fan. Yeah, that, wow. I think that just improved my life in like 30 seconds. I'm Isn't so it good? It's good. <laughs> um, My favorite this week, again, I'm a little dated with my segments this time around, but I can't believe that I haven't made Sour a favorite because that is a no skip album. For so sure. Olivia Rodrigo, you know her, you love her. She came out with her debut album. It's called Sour. I don't, anyone who doesn't know about this has probably been living under a rock. Um, and it is so good. It's so good. And I like driver's license came out, right. And everyone was like, this is amazing. Like we love it. And then Deja Vu came out and like, again, really, really good. I don't necessarily think it was as good as driver's license or like at the very least it didn't have the same impact that driver's license did, but it was nonetheless a bop. And then good for you came out and my little like paramour teen ass was like, nice. Like this is great. (laughs) Um, but with the album, I was like, there's no way that like all of the songs are this good. Like, there's no way (laughs) there is a way they literally were. So I'll pull up my favorites and you're going to be like, Kylie, this is the whole album and you're right. But I would say that my top favorites are, okay. I would say Trader, Good For You, uh, Happier and Favorite Crime are probably my top four. Favorite Crime is my number one. That one really, that took me out for a few days. It really (laughs) did. It was one of those songs that I feel like I, or at the very least, I ended up on Favorite Crime TikTok. Um, But yeah, it was one of those songs that I listened to and I was like, oh, ouch. Yeah, these are feelings that I felt before, for sure. (laughs) Um, So yeah, if you haven't listened to it for whatever reason, you know, come out of the rock you've been living under and give it a listen because it really is so good. Yeah. I just pulled up the album to see if I had favorites right off the bat. I feel like I've definitely listened through a few times, maybe not enough to have like really defined opinions on all of them. Unpopular opinion. I actually really like Deja Vu. (laughs) I think it's It's good. It's my favorite of the three that she had released um, as singles. So interesting. Yeah. I feel like it's kind of a hot take. So I like Deja Vu. I like jealousy or jealousy, yeah, jealousy that um, as a concept. Like I think it's a really creative song um, and a really like honest song. And then I guess as far as the like more ballady ones go, I guess I like Traitor and Favorite Crime too. I would have to pick between those two. Hope You're Okay is very sweet, 
but it just doesn't hit like the other ones do for me. I agree with that. I would, I considered this a no skip album, but I feel like if I had to pick one song on the album to skip, it would probably be Hope You're Okay. Just because I like relate to it the mm-hmm. least. Yeah, it's very specific. Yeah, and I'm like, that's, it's like a really cool concept that like on her debut al- album, she ended it with like a song essentially like reaching out to people who had an impact on her and her past. I'm like, that's like, as an artist, that's really cool, but mm-hmm. I'm not, I'm not putting that song on because you can't scream that at the top of your lungs right. like you can to Raider. <laughs> oh, so good. All right. With all of that said, let's move into our episode with Jen Lauren. All right. So moving into the main portion, the main interview of our episode, we are joined by Jen Lauren. So Jen is a 24-year-old YouTuber, podcaster of the podcast Dare to Self-Care, and a self-care guru living in New York City. She recently went part-time with her PR job to focus on building her content and personal brand and just escape the corporate nine-to-five world. So Jen, how are you? I'm good. Wow, you nailed that. I feel like you know me better <laughs> than I know you. myself. <laughs> I'm good. How are you guys? Good. We're, good. We're so excited to have you on. Um, I don't know if this is creepy, but a couple episodes ago, <laughs> I listed your podcast as my favorite, and this was before we were even in touch to have you as a guest. So it worked no out way. perfectly. Divine timing. <laughs> I love that. Thank you. Yeah, we're really excited to have you on. So in classic two degrees hotter fashion, we have to spend a little bit of time touching on your college experience and how you feel like it's shaped who you've become today. So just to kind of ground the conversation here, where did you go to school and what was your major? Yeah, so I went to Tulane University in New Orleans, which was such an awesome experience because I got so much so much more than just an education there. Like there was so much culture and so much to see. And I really developed a love for travel when being there and just like immersing myself in other cultures. But in terms of Tulane, I studied communications. I got a degree, a bachelor's degree. And, you know, I always say like, I wouldn't say that the actual degree of communications necessarily is what has, you know, shaped who I am today, but it's more so the career opportunities through Tulane. Every single one of my internships that I've ever gotten and jobs after college have been through Tulane alumni and learning how to network at like Career Wave and all of these things that we had, you know, alumni events. Like it's just, they really place an emphasis on like crafting the right resume, how to interview. They had like, you know, you would come into the career department or whatever it was called and dress up for an interview and they would do like mock interviews and connect you with alumni. And it was just, I feel like I really learned how to be a professional. And I think that's the biggest thing I've taken away from college, to be honest. Yeah. It's interesting that Tulane is such a career oriented school because I also went to a really career oriented school. And I feel like people kind of have different schools of thought on it. Like some people think like, oh, college is a time to like explore academically. Like you don't have to worry about the real world yet. Like just learn about whatever you want to learn about. But then other people are of this camp of like, it's a time to like network, figure your shit out, like get your resume in check. And so I think it's interesting that, you know, there's like such different perspectives on it. But yeah, I I didn't know you went to Tulane. It seems really cool from what I've seen on social media and stuff. 
It is the best. I recommend everyone go to Tulane if you can. It is. I'm forever grateful for that experience. And yeah, I mean, I do agree to an extent like, yes, explore 100%. Take advantage of electives, like study things that you want to study and that you're interested in because you don't have to commit to anything. So many people that I look up to majored in, for example, like finance, and now they're a workout instructor. Like you really just, it doesn't really matter what you study in that sense in terms of like you can always pivot. But if you can learn how to communicate, how to interview, like these these methods of communicating and being a professional and becoming an adult, essentially, I think, I think it's like a little bit of both. Yeah, for sure. And I think um, something that I want to touch on is you said that you majored in communications and as a fellow communications graduate, uh, I know that communications can be like a, a wide array of careers fall into communications. You can do a lot with it. So I'm curious if PR was something that you always wanted to go into or if there was anything else that you wanted to do with your communications degree sort of while you were in college. Yeah. So that's probably the the main reason I even did communications was because I didn't know exactly what I wanted to do, but I, I had this idea that I wanted to be in the entertainment industry. And I knew that with the communications degree, you're sort of qualified to enter that world no matter what you wanted to do, because it is super broad. I grew up when I was younger, like much younger, when I was little, I used to always say I was going to study performing arts. Like I was into musical theater. I was one of those kids. And then as I grew up, I realized, you know, let's, let's try to make a career. You know, I can't make money doing that. I'm not good enough, all those things. And I just decided to like get into the business side of entertainment. So that's sort of what my perspective was. And then I took a class intro to public relations where we I didn't know what PR was. I don't think most people do until you either study it or do it in an internship. I think it's a super weird term. It has nothing to like those words don't make sense. Public relations. <laughs> it's just like, what is that? So I took a class where we had a group project and we were essentially like the publicists for the Kardashians or something. And it made me start applying to all of these PR internships. I landed an internship at a PR agency in New York City that summer, and it was the only internship I had in PR, but I was fully a PR assistant and and like fully immersed in the world of public relations. And even after multiple internships after and working full-time at HBO after, I still just remembered loving that internship and loving being at an agency and like the fast-paced young nature of it. So that's that's what, you know, drew me back to wanting to get back into that life. It was more just like the vibe of being in an agency, working on a ton of different clients at once rather than, you know, just being sort of stuck with one brand. So that's that's what drew me to PR, but yeah, I that's not why I chose the major. Gotcha. Yeah, and it, I'm glad that you brought up the fact that you did an internship in New York City because yeah. you're from Long Island, right? So you went pretty far away for school. Yeah, I did. <laughs> um, I am from Long Island, but it was, believe it or not, kind of, it wasn't like the most common thing to do to go to New Orleans for school, but it definitely was, you know, like I did, my boyfriend who was who grew up in the same town as me also went. There were there were mm-hmm. a, a bunch of other people that also went for my school, so it wasn't like totally out there, but it was definitely, you know, my parents were not happy to have to get on a flight <laughs> to come visit me at school. <laughs> yeah, for sure. 
Um, so when you think back on your college experience, is there anything that you're super glad you did? And what is your biggest college regret? That's a good question. I think the thing I'm most happy about is I just had fun. Like I had this idea, which I'm sure we'll get into, of starting a YouTube channel. And I always said I would start it after college because I don't probably just because I was insecure. But at the end of the day, I'm so happy. I just had fun and totally immersed myself into like social life. And I'm that sounds so privileged. Obviously, I was also studying. Don't get me wrong. I'm just so happy that I like fully <laughs> immersed myself in New Orleans and the culture there and meeting new people. And I became president of my sorority, which was, you know, I learned so much in terms of leadership skills from that. And I'm just I, my favorite part is that I fully threw myself into the college experience rather than trying to work on, you know, if I had started a YouTube channel, it's a ton of work and I would have missed out on a ton of other college opportunities. So I think that would definitely be my favorite thing. And then also obviously New Orleans, I'm just, it's, it's the best city in the planet. So, and then I would say my biggest regret is actually I originally applied to be in the School of Digital Media Production, which would have been learning cameras, learning Final Cut Pro and all of that. And I didn't do it. And then like junior year, I tried to take classes I, and they said it was too late to major in it, to double major in it. And I was trying so hard every semester to at least get in to take one class to learn how to use a camera. And they just kept saying that it was booked. You know, they had to give first come, first serve to the people who were majoring in it. So long story short, my biggest regret is not, you know, going with my gut and double majoring in digital media production because although I've learned it on my own and I I taught myself Photoshop over the pandemic, I just wish I had, like, I wish I took advantage of the education I was paying for and learned all of these skills that I, that I am now want, having to teach myself. <laughs> That's such a classic, like, big school problem is to, like, never yeah. be able to get into the classes that you want to take. Like, so. what? I'm paying so much money for this, but yet you're not letting me take a class. Okay. <laughs> yeah. But I am also a big proponent of, like, the double majoring and double minoring wherever you can. Like, it's just so – I was a double minor in school, and it's just so nice to, like, have everything yeah. on your plate um, and like just develop those skill sets. And if it makes you feel better, I took a few courses in broadcast journalism. So I was running around my campus with cameras and camera bags and tripods. So you may have spared, I'm sure you would have been more in studio, but you might have spared yourself some well, running yeah. around. And it's, a, and it's a good lesson in that like you can just teach yourself like no matter if you can't yeah. afford education or you know, you're, you, you don't have the resources like you can YouTube University. There's so many free resources yeah. online to figure it out yourself. So you're right. <laughs> yeah. Um, so we're curious how your plans have changed since you graduated from Tulane. How my plans have changed? Well, as you mentioned before, they've definitely changed a ton. I I always planned on moving into New York City. I'm still here. So that's that's all the same. But I wanted to be in the entertainment industry, and I did. I worked at HBO, and then I moved to a PR agency where I was working in music, and I was I was basically a personal publicist to talent, so like anyone from Ashley Tisdale to BTS, like these huge people. I was like walking people down red carpets, and 
I quickly realized this is not fulfilling me. I don't know why I wanted so badly to be in entertainment. I don't really care about it. It's all very surfacy. And don't get me wrong, I'm so, so happy, like truly, that I that's another lesson, like that I took advantage of those opportunities because not only did I learn what I don't want, but in my 20s running around New York City on red carpets, like the craziest experience of my <laughs> life so far. But I I would say my biggest shift has been not only pivoting from entertainment to more like wellness, lifestyle, fitness, but also now I'm just doing a million part-time jobs and being way more what's the word I'm looking for? Just, I can't think of the word, but more like I'm just hustling and doing a bunch of different things rather than following the corporate trajectory of like you graduate college and you keep moving up the corporate ladder. And I I don't think if you asked me this even six months ago that I would have said I had the balls to, you know, completely pivot, but here we are and I'm doing 10 things at once, which I'm sure we'll get into. <laughs> but I would say that's the biggest change for sure since graduating. Yeah, that's what I was going to say. We are excited to dig more into your pivot and how you got to that decision and how to, you know, do it yourself if any of our listeners are curious. But damn, that does sound you need like a movie made about you during that <laughs> yeah. era. That sounds amazing. It sounds like a <laughs> rom-com. Yeah. It was crazy. Honestly, it was crazy. Also like the craziest horror stories like you can entertainment industry is fucking crazy, especially when it comes to talent and the music industry. It's it's wild out there. I didn't even make it over a year and a half in that industry. <laughs> well, I bet you have some fun stories to share. I do. Um, <laughs> and kind of shifting a little bit as a transition into self-care as your brand, um, what was your self-care plan or you know routine in college? Did you have one? Was that a focus of yours at that time? And was it effective? It was not. I was very much <laughs> prioritizing other things. I was prioritizing my future career, having fun. Like the difference between college gen, drinking every night and and just like surviving on hangovers and not caring and then rallying and like studying somehow hungover and the gen now who like barely wants to hang out with friends on a weeknight because I need to be fully rested and have my wind down routine. I'm like, I'm just totally different, but I did always prioritize working out and I think definitely a lot of the times it was for like aesthetic reasons as it is in college. Like you're just eating all the time. I was in New Orleans and I just – I needed something to make me feel better. But I definitely found – I started experiencing like a a difference in my mental capacity during the day when I did work out in the morning versus when I didn't and I started noticing a little bit then. But – to be completely honest, like I was not taking care of myself well in college and it makes me appreciate all of my new routines and new habits and everything. It's gotten me to where I am now to, you know, feel forced to have new self-care habits and new self-care routines and mindset shifts. So I I wish I had a better answer, but I did not have a self-care routine (laughs) in college. To make you feel better, I feel like very few college-aged people have self-care routines, and at least I thinking of that. myself. Yeah, I love that part of my life where I just like had oh, – I yeah. did not care about anything and was just having fun. Like I wish I can have a little more of that in me now, <laughs> but I just have like too many goals and I'm, I'm trying to stay focused and 
I was talking to my boyfriend about this today. I was literally today we were on the phone and I was like, why are we like this? Like, why are so many people just down to go out and, and hang out on a Tuesday night? And we're like, grandma and grandpa, like, uh, I'm anxious. Like I, I need to get to bed at a certain time so I can wake up and, and have my morning routine and workout. And it's just, it's, I'm, I think it's getting me places. However, I do wish I had a little bit more of that, like social butterfly energy in me still, (laughs) but it's, it all comes in seasons and waves. So yeah. Future Jen will thank present Jen (laughs) for everything that she's doing now. Exactly. Exactly. (laughs) Um, But so making that transition into self-care as your brand, can you tell us a little bit about your social media story and when you got started, why you got started, what platforms you got started on, all of that? Yeah. So it actually does start in college. So great segue. I think I mentioned (laughs) a little before I started thinking of, you know, I grew up being gravitated to being on camera and whatnot. At one point, I thought I wanted to be Juliana Rancic. And like, so I've always, I've always been gravitated to the hosting world and being on camera. But I fell into that trap of like, nope, I have to do something, you know, businessy. And I, that's not how you make a living. So I went to college for communications and I started going down the rabbit hole as a viewer of, you know, I was watching someone who I always mention when I'm telling my story is Lauren Elizabeth. She, I was obsessed with her YouTube videos and she would talk about the mental health side of things and anxiety and like talk openly about having panic attacks while also being so funny. And, you know, it didn't have to be like this dark, depressing channel. And I just, you know, mental health is obviously trendy right now. But at the time, I was like, wow, no one really talks about this. Like, it was sort of somewhere I could go to have fun. But also, like, she would talk about some real shit. And I I just remember vividly this one moment sitting in my bed senior year of college thinking, wow, she did this in middle school. And here I am thinking, like, oh, I can't do this till after college. Like, everyone will know. Everyone will stare at me. And I was like, how did she have the courage in, like, eighth grade to just do this? And I wanted to be that person for other younger people out there. Honestly, like this is just the thought that was going through my head. And I think at that point I was like, okay, I need to do this. I need to do this. And I was like binging all these podcasts on like how to become a YouTuber and all of the things. And everyone said like, find your niche, find your niche. And so once I graduated and I was obsessed with workout classes in New York City, I would look on YouTube and be like, okay, rumble review. And I couldn't find anyone that was like doing these workout class reviews. So I was like, okay, this is my niche. I'm going to go for it. And they were just super time consuming. I This was when I was doing talent PR, which is like the craziest, you know, you're working on the weekends, like round the clock. So I wasn't able to be consistent with it, but I did finally put myself out there and start putting these reviews up and once the pandemic hit, I just had the time and I was like, we're going to do it. We're going to be consistent with it. Want to do videos a week, health, wellness, self-care, like just everything that I'm into, I wanted to talk about rather than just doing the reviews because I had a minute to just sort of brainstorm other content. And now we're here. And the podcast, I started back in January, which was basically just, it's a branch of my brand, which is to bring other people into the conversation and I've been loving it so much to hear other perspectives and it just feels so much more intimate than YouTube. Like YouTube, I'm talking 
talking to the people watching, but it's me and a camera and podcasting just feels so much more intimate and conversational. And I'm absolutely loving it. it it's connecting me to a whole new community of people where I don't feel like I necessarily have that on YouTube. Yeah, I love that story. I think I listened to your podcast episode where you talked about kind of your whole journey with like developing the confidence to get on YouTube and navigating all of that. Um, and you've mentioned that you started with, you know, the whole workout class niche. And I'm curious, like, obviously workout classes weren't a thing during the pandemic. And now your brand is so much broader than that. So can you talk about like how your niche has kind of like expanded into all things wellness and like how you feel about that generally? Yeah, I think during the pandemic, it sort of goes along with what I was experiencing in life, which was intense anxiety. And, you know, I was doing these fitness reviews, but I also had so much more to talk about. Like, I tried breath work. I was trying meditation for the first time. I was trying all these different morning routines and rituals to feel better because I moved home with my parents and I had gone through something super traumatic in my personal life. And it was just like a terrible time. And I was seeking out desperately for ways to feel better. And I was sharing it online. Like I was doing these fitness challenges because that was my niche. But then I was trying so many other things that I wanted to share in the wellness world. And it sort of just spiraled from there. And my message is ultimately you have to take care of yourself before you can take care of anyone else. And I've learned that over the past two years for multiple reasons. One, my whole life I've been a people pleaser and – trying to take care of everyone else in my life. And so it's it's like one half of me is like, you have to take care of yourself. You can't rely on other people to take care of you. It's not fair. And like, you're not going to be happy if you're not relying, if you're relying on other people to make you feel better instead of trying out these wellness rituals and taking care of yourself. And then the other half of me is also like, I was trying to be there for so many people and I couldn't because I wasn't happy inside. So that was another layer of like, you have to take care of yourself in order to be there for others. So I think as my message and as that I've learned that lesson over the past year, my message just got stronger and it just, it naturally came out in my content as well. Yeah. And I think the pandemic honestly helped like you align that with people who are also seeking that. Cause I think the pandemic was a big time where people were like, well, now that I have the time, like I should figure out how to take care of myself. Um, Yeah. So I'm curious when you're talking about, you know, trying out different routines, what is your current self-care must have or must do in your routine right now? Yeah. So it's always changing, which is what makes it so fun. But right now I would say I need to walk. I was never, you know, I'm not like a walker. I hate running. I hate cardio, but something about my walks to, you know, on my way to working the front desk at Rumble or if I know I'm going to be sitting editing all day, I will take a break and go walk and listen to a podcast. And it's like it gets my blood flowing. I'm not creative or my best self when I'm just sitting here. Like I can't expect to change when I'm just sitting and doing nothing. Like nothing's going to change. But when I can listen to something that's inspiring and motivating or funny while having my phone in my pocket and walking and getting my blood flowing – I just find it super helpful. And then on a more spiritual note, I discovered kundalini breathwork recently, actually in January, right when I started this podcast. And it has been life-changing because I'm someone who never I, – I will never say I can't do something because I think everyone can do something. You just don't want to. I don't want to sit in a silent meditation 
I just, I have too much anxiety. I feel the need to be productive. So I, I just like can't sit still or I feel like I can't sit still in meditation. So finding something that combined breath work, which physically makes me feel so much better, manifestation, which is helping me manifest and like creating time out of my day to manifest because it's always something I've wanted to learn, but I just didn't like make the time for it. Meditation, like all of these things, it's it's all in one session in the morning and it's totally, I've just like really understood so many spiritual terms like feeling aligned and your chakras and like all of these things that are so woo-woo. I understand because I've been doing kundalini breath work and I understand what manifestation is to the core and like the science behind it. And it's just taught me so much and allowed me to really strengthen my intuition and be able to actually listen to my gut and tune in with myself and know how I feel. So walking with a podcast is like my little fun self-care thing. And then kundalini breath work is like my more spiritual meditation ritual that I've been doing as well. I love that you brought up walking because we are huge walking proponents <laughs> on this podcast. And um, it's funny because I actually moved about two weeks ago and I haven't figured out my walking route here. And I feel like it's actually like taking a toll on me because I don't have like a good route yet and I don't know where to go. And it just isn't, it's not it during the lunch hour. So I need to figure that out because it definitely makes a huge difference. Um, yeah. That's fun though. You can like figure out, you just keep taking different routes and like seeing where your walks take you. <laughs> I just need to time it right. You know, you got to get like the good 30 minute loop for the lunchtime and I haven't figured 100%. that out yet. <laughs> yep. I got it. <laughs> um, and then I think you have a whole episode on the Kundalini breath work, right? So if people want to know more, they can go check that out. Yeah. So Erica is the girl that I follow. She's a kundalini instructor. She's incredible. She makes it so approachable. And she came on my podcast and we just went full on deep dive from 101, like what it even is, because it sounds so confusing how I just explained it, but she'll like really break it down on my podcast. And we we talk about my journey with it. So yeah, if you want like an in-depth conversation on kundalini, definitely listen to that. And I think all the listeners know that I'm a huge fan of your podcast and I feel like I learned so many like interesting perspectives and just about different techniques that I never would have known otherwise. So I know this is a, probably a hard question, but I'm curious to ask, what's the most interesting thing you've learned in talking to all the guests that you've had on your podcast? Oh, I love that question. I think overall, something that I know a lot of listeners have said that they've taken from it as a whole is because I ask everyone for a self-care tip every single episode, you realize that there are so many different ways to practice self-care and not every single thing is going to make you feel good. And that's okay. If meditation is not for you, does not resonate, that's fine. If walking makes you sweaty and feel disgusting and doesn't make you feel good, that's fine. One thing that a few people have mentioned as their self-care tip is sleeping. And everyone thinks it has to be like this this glamorous thing that you're doing, but sometimes it's just like getting enough hours of sleep. So I would say that's like the overall thing that I find most fascinating about my podcast. And then I learn something every single episode. So it's so hard to say like the biggest lesson other than that because I just feel like that's an overarching theme. But I think I've also just learned that there's so much more than we know. Like there's so many more practices than just like there's so many ways to manifest. It can be through astrology, human design. Like I have all these kundalini, like all of these experts that come on 
there's so many different tar- I have someone coming on tomorrow that's a tarot card reader and a psychic. Like there's just so many practices out there that you can resonate with. And that, you know, some of the people that have come on, like I don't resonate or want necessarily to dive into that practice. And then other people, I'm like, oh, this is so up my alley. Like human design, I had no idea what it was. And now I'm so intrigued by it. So I think I've just learned that there's an infinite amount of spiritual and wellness rituals and practices that you can explore. And there's something for everyone. And I think, yeah, I think that's like the overall thing that I've learned from my podcast. I'd love to know what you've learned from my podcast since you listen, put you on the spot. <laughs> I mean, I feel like so many things. I really liked your human design episode because I had never even heard of that as a concept before. Yeah. Um, and I'm really excited that you're going to have a tarot card reader on because I've literally looked at tarot decks just because I think they're pretty, but I don't know anything about like reading them or what the messaging really means. So I'll have to keep an eye out for that one. Same. I, those are the two, human design and that, that I just like had no idea really what they were. So I'm excited that like I get to learn more about it and then you guys do too. So it's super fun for me. Yeah, I will admit. So Anya told me about your podcast when you uh, reached out to be on the shower in the Slack group and I started listening and I listened to your episode where you talked about leaving the corporate world because I'm currently making a career pivot and you definitely have like such a great way of just like embodying and embracing like this pivot that I was like, yeah, I'm going to do it too. Like, this is great. Like on you, was like, you have to listen to that episode, Kylie. Like it's going to make you feel so good about this pivot that no you're way. making. Um, that makes so, me yeah. so, so happy. And I don't want to derail the whole episode, but I want to hear so much more about what your pivot is. So we, I, I need to, I need to hear. I will listen to your episodes too, for sure. And we will chat because it's a big decision, but it's so exciting. And like nothing feels better than finally doing something that feels so impossible and like you shouldn't do it. Yeah. And then you do it just because it makes you happy and it is the best feeling in the whole world. So I'm so happy yeah. that someone listened to the episode that actually needed to hear it. Yeah. That makes me so happy. <laughs> yeah. But I'm curious what – since you are making that career pivot and you have more time to focus on YouTube and your podcast, what are some of your goals that you have set for your YouTube and podcast? This is fun because I, I've really – not been doing like the monthly goal setting recently because I've just been so overwhelmed with like trying to figure out my new structure and everything that I don't feel like I've been goal setting. I'm big on the bigger manifestations. I know a lot of people are like scared of manifestation. So they say like start with something little. And originally like a year ago, I was trying to start with tiny benchmarks, but I'm just going for it. And every time I meditate and try to manifest, I say 100,000 YouTube subscribers. That is like my end goal. I don't care when it happens. I believe in divine timing, but I want 100,000 YouTube subscribers. I want that plaque. I want – it's not about – I spoke about this in my recent episode with Taylor Woods because she just hit 100K and I was like, I used to look at YouTubers or influencers that hit benchmarks and would celebrate and like cry and I would be like, okay, this is so superficial and like self-absorbed that you're like, oh my God, a hundred thousand people love me. And I it's not about that. The amount of work that I'm putting into these platforms to have that plaque just to be like the work paid off and people are resonating with your message and people 
are being affected by it and impacted by it, that would just mean the absolute world to me. So 100,000 YouTube subscribers. And I would just say the same thing for my podcast. Like I just want to touch more people. I just started this six months ago and people have already, you know, like you guys have been saying that it's affected you and it just, it makes everything worth it. So I just, I want to keep growing it and I want to be able to one time just build this more and more and have it be all full time and have the bandwidth and make enough money on YouTube, podcasting, all of the things to do it full time and have more help to be able to branch out into all these different things. I might want to have my own workout studio one day, like who knows, but I just want to like build the community and I ultimately just really want to have an engaged community. I don't care how big, how small. I just really want an engaged community so badly because I know how impactful these other, you know, creators that I follow, their communities have been. And yeah, like Natalie Barbu, I think we met in her Patreon group. And like, if she didn't keep going with YouTube and everything, we wouldn't have had that Facebook group that then turned into a Slack group and everything to then be here on this podcast right now. So I just think it it would be so cool to have my own community that could strengthen relationships within as well. I feel like that's so clear in the way that you talk on your YouTube and podcast too, that community is so important for you. Like I think even your podcast intro says, welcome to our community. And so I love that you're always, you know, putting that energy out there. And I think it's obviously working. You're obviously receiving it back. And um, also congrats on hitting the Apple podcast charts, like literally a week into your podcast. That's amazing. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you. That was really crazy. I took it as a sign from the universe for sure. And then once Spotify, I didn't even follow their Spotify podcast Instagram. I didn't know it was a thing, but they posted a random one of my episodes right after I did Kundalini and was asking for a sign to go part-time and or quit my job or something. Like I was just so unhappy and I was literally asking for a sign in Kundalini, which sounds so woo-woo. I apologize. <laughs> and then randomly they posted like all of these things I'm just taking as a sign. So thank you. (laughs) Um, And I'm curious to ask, I feel like a lot of times the people that we see on YouTube or with podcasts like blow up overnight. And I think it can be discouraging for people who don't blow up overnight. And so I'm curious if you have any advice about staying motivated when it comes to building a personal brand and kind of being in it for like the slow burn and just navigating all of that and, you know, keeping up momentum and everything. Yeah. So I think it's a change in perspective. For me, I see these people who blow up overnight and their engagement is not that great. I've seen people blow up from one video and then they go live to celebrate that mark and there's barely anyone in the live because people just subscribe from this one random video. They don't feel a connection or they don't care yet. So for me, like I said, I really want a loyal, engaged community where like you know people in the community and you talk to each other and the only way to do that, which is something Natalie Barbu has taught me, is to just ride it out and focus on being super intentional and vulnerable on YouTube rather than trying to just follow all the trends. If I wanted that quick hit blow up overnight thing, my Sydney Cummings challenge video garnered me a ton of subscribers so I could keep wearing my body out and doing fitness challenges every single week. But 
I don't want my channel to be that in the end. Like I don't want to do these challenges all the time. I have fun doing them once in a while and it's great to stay with the trends and I definitely do them because it gets more eyes on my page as well. But I want to build a community around self-care and mental health and all of those things. So I think in terms of like people who are just dying to – obviously, we all have the thought in our head that like, ugh, I just wish like I would wake up tomorrow and see – and I used to feel this way. Like I wish I would wake up tomorrow and see 100,000 subscribers all overnight and how great would that be? But if you change your perspective to wanting that loyal, engaged community, the only way to get that is over time. So that's number one. And then number two is – Everyone that you have, that you follow and that you admire has started at zero. Like no one just gets on YouTube and then or podcasting or whatever it is. And then the next day has a million people and eyes on them. So just understanding that like you have to start somewhere. And that's also where like some spirituality comes in. Like, you know, if you believe in divine timing and manifestation and all of those things, like it will come as long as you stick to it. And honestly, if you're passionate about something like I, if you told me two years ago that I would stick with this two years later without having like a blow up overnight, I probably wouldn't believe you because I've never been known to be super consistent with anything. I used to be super spontaneous and like give up. But when something feels right and you just know it in your gut, you just have to keep going because there are so many people who are more successful than you, not because they're better than you, but because they kept going, because they started earlier than you. You know, you might have a better message. You might have a better – I don't want to say better because you should never compare, but you might have a a message to share or something really authentic about you or funny about you that people would love to follow. But because someone else started earlier, they have a greater following than you. So I think it's all of those mindset shifts and it's just like coming back to these reminders. We all get stuck in that, you know, burnout stage and like, ugh, like it's not working or I just wish I would like – get 5,000 more subscribers or followers by tomorrow. But when you come back to all of these mindset shifts, it does help. So kind of transitioning into quitting your job and pursuing a traditional path and information on that, that I'm definitely selfishly asking for myself right now. <laughs> um, what was your thought process in deciding to go part-time with your corporate job and focus on building your brand? I think it's just been a voice that's been getting louder and louder and louder and louder. And Anya, as you know from listening to the human design episode, I am the human design manifesting generator that acts on my gut. So I won't do anything until my gut says like it's go time. Literally, I realize that's like how I make all decisions ever in my life. So I I always had this idea that like I would stay at this agency for a long time. Like I don't feel like going to another company. I'm happy here. And I will stay here until I can financially go full time with this thing. And like until I blow up, until I, you know, like all these ideas that we put in our head. And I just got to a point where I was so unhappy. And I love the people I work with. I really like the brands I was working with. And it was just like this physical reaction my body was having to work. Like, and it wasn't about work. It was putting all of my energy, it's not nine to five, it's like eight to eight, (laughs) putting all of my energy to something that wasn't my end goal. And I was giving, I give 100% to everything I do. So I was putting all of my energy into my full-time job. And then I I would say, oh, I'll edit a video at night and I'd be too tired. And 
I refuse to fall into that toxic message of like, well, you should edit your videos until 4 a.m. because, you know, that's the only way to make it. Like, that's how you have a side hustle. My message is all about self-care. So I, there's a, this girl, Alyssa, is a productivity guru on my podcast, and she really allowed me to see this. And like, there is another way to be productive and to have a side hustle without burning yourself out completely. But anyway, I just found myself like I would get to my desk and do my to-do list and I would start crying. And I was like, I don't really think I'm like being overworked or treated poorly. It's just like I can't do this anymore. I don't want to and I'm not happy. So it just got to a point where I I said to my boyfriend, I was like, and you guys know this because you listened to the episode, I was like, I can't quit. Like I just can't. And he's like, why? Like who's telling you you can't? Like the end of the day, I'm a hustler. I will figure it out financially. It'll be stressful. But if I'm going to be happier working at a workout studio, being part-time, only working on the workout classes, doing this, doing that, like having the flexibility in my schedule to do, you know, I miss that New York. Like I miss running around. I don't want to sit at my desk all day. So I, I just like eventually my gut was like, it's time. And I couldn't wait another day once that happened. And I just needed to do it and figure it out. And things fell into place. Like I didn't know that I could even do part-time and only work on workout classes. That worked out perfectly. I happened to have a friend who also works at Rumble who helped me get the gig to work at the front desk. Like all of these things just fell into place. And I think that has a lot to do with manifestation. And I think, you know, I wasn't meant to just completely quit and do absolutely nothing else. And like, I think then my content wouldn't be authentic if I didn't have any other income streams because I'd have like desperate energy. But I feel like because I'm getting my money elsewhere still, I and I've come up with other ways to make money, I can really focus on my content and just have fun with it. And I'm enjoying it so much. Kylie, I was going to say, I feel like you can relate to the whole putting 100% of your energy into something that's not the end goal thing so much. Honestly, everything that you just said, I was like, hmm, this is like, <laughs> this is like yeah. hearing my own brain right now. But yeah. I'm the same way. I put 100% into everything. And for a little bit of context, my pivot right now is I did a year of law school and I gave everything to law school. So much so that I was standing at the end of it like what the hell am I doing? Like I've completely lost sight of who I am and what I want out of my own life. And so I ended up taking a leave of absence to try to figure out like, is that even what I want Good for to you. do? Because I knew that I was, if I stayed in, I was just going to keep giving a hundred percent to law school and I was never going to have time to explore anything else that was of interest. So I really understand just like breaking away from the path that you think you should be on to make time for the things because you shouldn't have to stay up till 4am in order to do your side hustle. And I kind of hope that that like hustle culture, at least that aspect of it is becoming a little more obsolete yeah. and people are starting to prioritize, like actually taking care of yourself. But yeah, so I really resonate with that. Um, and absolutely, I'm going to be binging your podcast to get all of your wisdom <laughs> during this time. <laughs> Oh, I'm so happy. And I, I mean, we'll talk after, but like you can also text me. But anyway, I I also – I feel like compelled to tell you. I don't know if this is how you're feeling, but if you are feeling like was this a total waste of time, if that's something that's like weighing heavy on you, nothing's a waste of time. You learned so much that you're going to be able to bring into where 
wherever you go next and the rest of your life. And like, even what I'm, what I've been doing, like, I don't want to be in the music industry or entertainment, but I learned PR skills that I'll be able to take into my personal brands. Like you are meant to be on this path of whatever you're doing along the way. And I'm just so happy that you're listening to that voice inside your head instead of being like, well, I already chose to do this. I'm already paying for this. I already applied and did all this stuff and put 100% in. Like I can't quit now because you can. And it's not quitting and it's not a failure. Like you can do whatever the fuck you want. And I took me a long time to realize that, that like the phrase, it's actually, I've been listening on Audible to the book, um, Everything is Figure Outable by Maria Forleo or something like that. And she spoke about this concept of, I'm actually going to make a podcast episode on this. I'm realizing she spoke about this concept of, it's ne- we say I can't, but like you can do anything you want. It's that you won't. You say like, I can't do that because I don't have time. You'll make the time if you're really passionate about something. So there's never an I can't. It's always I won't. So you can do whatever the fuck you want. And I'm starting to realize that recently. So I'm just proud of you for even taking that step back and being like, wait, is this what I want? Because I can take a minute. I have my whole life ahead of me. And just take a minute, journal, do all the things and like it'll come to you. Yeah. Well, and I think like you said, like you have to listen to your gut because sometimes your gut is just telling you exactly what you need to hear. And I think that's something. And it sounds like for you too, that like for a really long time, my gut was telling me like, hey, don't think this is the best idea. And I was just like, no, it's fine. It's fine. And then finally I was like, okay, I'll listen. Let's see what happens. So let's see what happens phase. Yes. I, I might not be for you because it's not for everyone, but I would try the Kundalini breath work because it yeah. really helped me with my decision making and my intuition and everything. So definitely check out her IGTV. Um, yeah, IG lives, IGTV. I don't know. Um, on inkale.xkale, she has like 10 minute quickies. They're great. Highly recommend. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I'll definitely look into those. And I'm curious to ask, you kind of touched on this a little bit, but if you're comfortable talking about it, I was hoping you could touch on what steps you took to financially plan for a life change like that. Because I feel like it's relevant for so many people, like making a big pivot or maybe going back to school. Like, do you just have to buckle down and really figure that kind of adulting stuff out? So I'm curious if you have any tips or you know anything that you did that would be helpful to share. Yeah. So this is a big insecurity for me. And it's like the main reason I haven't even made a YouTube video yet saying like I quit the nine to five life and all of that because I don't feel like I have enough financial tips. Mm-hmm. And that was a huge emotional barrier for me before I went part time because I was like, I feel like I can't do this until I have a handle on my finances. And it just got too loud and too big and I couldn't do it. But I did for the weeks leading up to it. My boyfriend sat down with me, made a spreadsheet. I can share like the template with you. It was basically like all of my income streams and how much I've made from them the past three months. And then it's like multiplying it by 20%, assuming that I'd have 20, I'd make 20% more with the more time and energy that I have to dedicate to it. And then how much is all of that total? How much is rent and all of that? Just like figuring out if this is even doable. And I was, I didn't know what I was doing, but for months I would put money into a savings account to eventually quit my job. I thought that would be like at the end of the year, as we just spoke about, it came way sooner than I thought, but I was preparing by putting money in a savings account. So if you do, that's like the one thing 
I felt so overwhelmed and so financially not prepared. But putting money in my savings account every month for like eight months, just it gave me something to hold on to. Like, okay, you're going to do it. This is going to happen. Don't worry. So that's the one thing I did. And then, yeah, just making a financial budget of like seeing how much is coming in. And then I went on my Mint app and figured out my average spending and what that has been. So then I see like how much do I anticipate will come in, how much is definitely going out, and then how much money is left over. And I started crying after I did that because I realized it wasn't feasible. I literally had a mental breakdown because I was like, this is impossible. But that was before I realized I was going to be able to do part-time. So I just figured it out. I was like, okay, let's add in more factors. Like if I dog walk on the WAG app four times a week, like let's add in that factor. Like you just add shit in to figure it out. And that's what I did. You just have to figure out if it's feasible, put money in your savings so that you have something to fall back on if you completely fuck up. And that's that's really simply what I did. And now I'm trying to get into monthly budgeting and I'm I get stressed out because like I can make a budget, but I don't really know how to stick to it. Like I'm just being completely honest. It's really hard for me. I'm like, how do I okay, I see what I should be doing, but the only way to fully abide by this is if I like input every transaction I made the entire month. And that takes a shit ton of time. And that makes me feel like shit about myself. So I'm figuring it out and I do plan to share on YouTube once I have my system to share this story of how I had no idea how to do finances and this is what works for me because I think I need to start with like weekly instead of monthly. So I'm figuring it out, but that is how I financially planned for it. And if you also feel completely lost in the finance world, I'm with you. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Finances are one of those things that I swear like make me like itchy all over. I'm just like, I can't do it right now. Yes. A (laughs) hundred (laughs) percent. But I'm curious uh, if you have any tips for how you approached a difficult conversation like going part-time when you were initially full-time with your boss. That's a good question. It's much easier over the phone. I'm very grateful that we're still working from home. So if you're still working from home, just remember you're going to hang up the phone after a few minutes. You pick up the phone. You can have a script in front of you. Rehearse it a few times call a friend and pretend rehearse on them. And I would just say, always leave on a good note. Never leave with an attitude because they ended up offering me part-time. And it's the best thing that's happened to me. And I have such a great relationship with them. And we coordinated like, what, what does this new relationship look like? And it's amazing. So always leave on a good note. And just really remember, I always tell people this, like my friends when they're quitting, even just to go to another job, like just remember you're on a phone. You can hang up. If you're on Zoom, you can pretend freeze. You can mute yourself and be like, <laughs> ah, I don't know what happened. My Wi-Fi went out. Like just remember the conversation will be super quick. It's so much more intimidating having to go into someone's office and say it face to face. But if you do have to do that, I've done that as well. And you just have to remember that the sooner you do it, the sooner it'll be over. And usually they're just like, oh, that's too bad. Like, where are you going next? You know, like usually they're like already trying to think of who they're going to hire and like they want the conversation to be over soon too. So another thing, just remember, 
they have heard these, they've heard people quitting all the time, a million times in their career. Like usually your boss has been in the industry for years and people quit to them all the time. You're not the first person to quit. Happens all the time. It's a very normal thing to do. Yeah, that's definitely a good perspective because I think a lot of people in general take things at work personally, but you just need to like separate yourself and know that you're making the right decision for you and that they're going to replace you in probably like a month and they're not going to feel bad about it and neither should you. Exactly. (laughs) Exactly. Um, I wanted to ask, so I'm not sure how many weeks you have been doing the the part-time kind of many gigs thing, but how is it going? Do you feel like this flexible schedule is suiting the goals that you're working on like you hoped or are you still figuring it out or? Thanks for asking. It's been, I guess, a month now. It's been like four weeks or something. I'm loving it. I'm more tired than ever, which is funny because I literally, you know, did this so that I could have more energy and more time. But it's just so nice having a job where I don't have to bring it home with me. I'm in an environment that I love on my feet. I am super flexible. I'm able to edit a video during the day if I want to. The biggest game changer has been doing podcasts during the day. As you guys know, like you're recording at night right now and it kind of sucks. Like it kind of (laughs) sucks to have to – I was offering guests Sundays and that's all I was offering. So my Sundays were committed to filming and podcasting too and it's just really nice to be able to do it during the day now and I just feel so much lighter. I'm definitely, you know, not making as much money but I'm not as strapped for cash as I thought I would be and and. I don't even care because I'm so happy. I just feel so much lighter. I'm so much more exhausted because I am running around all over the place, but it just makes me feel so much more fulfilled in everything I'm doing right now. Awesome. Well, we're glad to hear that it's going well, and we're so excited to see what you do in the future now that you have more time to focus on your social media and all of that. But that is kind of everything we wanted to talk about in the episode. So something we ask all of our guests is, you know, we talked about a bunch here, self-care, quitting your job, college, all of that. And what is one thing that you would want our listeners to take away after listening to this episode? I know it's a hard one. (laughs) I think listen to your gut. I feel like that's like the overall theme, whether it's, you know, what feels right to you in terms of a self-care ritual or what feels right to you in your job or what you actually want to, you know, do in college, all of the things. I think really listen to your gut. And it's a hard thing to do if you don't feel like in tune with yourself. So that's where the self-care practices come in with journaling. It's the mindfulness practices really like journaling, meditation, walking, you know, showering. This is something I always – I always listen to a podcast when I shower. But if you ever just shower and, like, don't listen to a podcast, do you realize that, like, that's the only time you ever really think and, like, come up with ideas and stuff? Like, it's the only time you're just, like, truly by yourself. So it's doing all of those things, cooking without, you know, watching TV while you're cooking, things like that to just really, like, listen to what the thoughts in your head are and – journaling and therapy, like it really allows you to figure out what you truly want. And then you can really listen to your gut. I love that. And it's funny that you brought up the like showering without a podcast on thing, because (laughs) one of my goals for this year was to be content without content. So I'm working on that. (laughs) So hard. Like I, I lost my AirPods case and my AirPods died and I've had to walk maybe 
10 minutes without listening to a podcast. And I'm like, it's okay, Jen. You can do this. You can walk (laughs) without listening to a podcast. Like, it's okay. You can go to the subway without listening. It's really hard because I just love podcasts. Like, that's my self-care. I love feeling inspired by podcasts. So good for you. Let me know how that goes. It's really hard. (laughs) (laughs) Um, and before we conclude the episode, we we're going to conclude the episode with a game of this or that. So just five off the cuff questions. But before we do that, where can our listeners find you? Well, I love a game, so I'm excited. You can find me on YouTube at Jen Lauren. My podcast is dare to self care. And then all of the links you can find on my Instagram in my bio, Jen underscore Lauren with two N's. I'm starting to do a lot of vlogs on reels, which reminds me, don't let me hang up without getting a clip because I am doing a real (laughs) vlog today. (laughs) Um, But yeah, that's where you can find everything Jen Lauren really in my Instagram bio. Awesome. And we'll have all that linked down below as well. Um, So now we're going to play a game of this or that. So like I said, So Jen hasn't seen these questions, just hoping to get a quick, candid response. So the first one, this is actually kind of hard. This is probably the hardest one. YouTube or podcast? (laughs) Oh, man. As a listener or as the creator? I would say as the creator. Oh, no. Okay. I'm going to say YouTube because it was my first love and it takes so much work and it's so rewarding when you finally get the video up. Um, the next one is swimming or tanning. Swimming. I hate tanning. I really can't sit still. <laughs> and I have rosacea, so. <laughs> <laughs> Fair enough. <laughs> the next one is dine in or dine out. Uh, dine in, honestly. I love a good night out, but I'm going to go with dine in. Do you like to cook? Oh, are we talking cooking? I was thinking takeout. <laughs> okay, Either if we're talking cooking, dine out for sure. <laughs> Sorry, misinterpreted that. I feel like you could interpret it either way, actually. I'm curious yeah. what people think when they hear that. Yeah. Um, the next one is afternoon nap or early bedtime? Early bedtime. Same. <laughs> I'm also not a napper. I feel like it just comes with like being like a higher stress, like higher strong person. <laughs> But I just can't nap because I'm laying there being like, okay, I need to fall asleep now or it's not worth it. Like I'm like, I always have so many thoughts. Okay. Honestly, since I've been doing these 6.30 a.m. rumble shifts once in a while, I have found myself napping and I'm not a napper. So it's a very new time for me for sure. (laughs) I don't want to be a napper. I'd rather get to bed early for sure. And the last one we have is face mask or hair mask. Hair mask. I I just feel like every time I do a face mask, I get a rash or something. (laughs) Kylie can relate. I feel that. (laughs) Feel that. Not a face mask, girl. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Well, that concludes this episode of Two Degrees Hotter. I want to say thank you so much to Jen for being our lovely guest today. It was awesome to pick your brain on all things self-care and making a big pivot. So thank you so much for being on the show. Thank you for having me. This was so fun. I love talking to you guys. And Kylie, we definitely have to talk after this for sure. (laughs) Yes. Oh, yeah. I will be hitting you up constantly in the next couple of months. So get ready. Perfect. (laughs) Perfect. Um, 
But yeah, so thank you again for being on the show. And we will have all of your links down below so that people can check you out. And we'll have our social media, our Instagram as well, linked down below so you can give us a follow. And other than that, we will chat with you guys next Tuesday. Yeah, bye guys. Have an awesome week.